Well, hello there. This is Minter Dial, and this is a little bit of a special edition. I recently launched the Podcast Festival Live, and we had the theme, The Future of Podcasting, which was co-organized with my friends Sam, Sethi, and Andrew Grill. In any event, we had a great lineup of speakers, including Kara Swisher, Drew Ackerman, Siobhan McHugh, and, and several others. So Sam, Andrew, and I decided to do a little podcast uh, going over our reflections about the podcast festival and also talk about our upcoming one, which is on July 15th, around the theme Voices of the World. And we've got a really bang up, great lineup to come up to. So if you're interested, go, go check out www.podcastfestival.live and you can see tickets there. Now for the show. Hey there, my name's Minter Dial. I'm the writer, author, and co-founder of the Podcast Festival Live, an event that I co-founded with my two chums, Andrew Grill and Sam Sethi. Andrew, tell us about yourself. I'm Minter, Andrew Grill. I'm the Practical Futurist. I'm also the host of the Practical Futurist podcast and one of the three amigos working here on Voices of the World. Brilliant. Sam. Hi guys, Sam Sethi. I have my own podcast called Sound Talks Technology, but we all work together on the podcast festival and our next event, Voices of the World. Coming to a place soon near you. Let's go back to the future of podcasting. We had uh, six speakers, uh, a great opening act. Andrew, can you tell us in your thoughts and memories what happened? Uh, what was your side of it? It was a great afternoon. It was a long event. It was about three and a half hours long, but we were kept activated and energized. We started off with Tom Morley, the rock star activator, uh, ex-drummer from Scritti Politi. He's a very different opening act that you might be used to at a, a festival or a webinar. I got everyone energized. Uh, in the chat window, we had people chair dancing, people saying it was the best way to open an event. It was really, really an energizing way to kick things off. Uh, I also interviewed James Cridland, who's the editor of podnews.net, all the way from Brisbane, Australia. He talked about podcasting stats and the future of podcasting. And I also had the pleasure of interviewing Bradley Davis, who is the CEO of Podchaser, and they're a podcast aggregator who want to be the IMDB of podcasting. So I had uh, three really interesting guests. Uh, Sam, who did you have? Uh, I had Jason Phipps, the commissioning editor at the BBC, who was fascinating, talking about some of the big podcasts that they've commissioned and then i had cara swisher the one and only and uh, that was as scary as it comes but we'll talk about that later i want to talk to you about that in a moment and for myself keeping on spanning the world i had siobhan McHugh, dr siobhan McHugh, who is a fantastic audio storyteller and uh, has done some amazing things like the the last voyage of the pong su and uh, then coming in from the other side of the world in California was Drew Ackerman, who's the founder of the Sleep With Me podcast with a little session on, on really podcasting with purpose. So between the three of us, it was really quite a, a worldly experience. We had James, who was piped in from Brisbane. Siobhan was pre-recorded, but for the rest, it was all live. What were some of the surprises that you felt coming out of that, Andrew? What were the lessons you learned coming out of the future of podcasting? The interactivity, so uh, we've all attended webinars and some of them can be exciting, some of them can be a bit boring. I think what really made this was an event 
that were six speakers over a three and a half hour um, window. The platform we used, Hopin, allowed a lot of interactivity. And so I had one eye on the guests and one eye on the chat. For example, when Tom started, people were going, what's this about? And three or four minutes into it, we had people saying, we're chair dancing, we love this song, this is an amazing way to start things off. So having the interactivity with the, the people there in real time, I think really, really helped. We also had, it was quite slick in terms of production. So we had guests coming in and out with a couple of minutes between each one, so you weren't left hanging. But also, the, I mentioned the hop-in platform, it allowed you to actually go off and go into a breakout room as you'd have at a normal event where you might go and have coffee with people. And we found people were doing that as well. And it was hard for us as, I suppose, the host to see that happening. But when we looked at what went on, I suppose one of the key learnings of the surprises was, you know, people want to talk to each other, even though there's a main stage going on. If you add a festival, people in real life and also virtually want to have that interactivity. And that, for me, was a really important takeaway to give people the time to chat because obviously they're here because they love podcasting and they want to almost like speed dating, work out what other people's views are on podcasting. So that, for me, was really interesting. I totally agree. It's this notion of if you want to go to a conference, you sit the main stage, but sometimes you got to go pee, you got to go get a coffee, and then you meet somebody, hey, who are you? And, and you do that talking. And, and it's amazing that the Hopin platform allows for that kind of interactivity. Hey, Sam, what about you? What were some of the, the lessons you learned uh, out of our future of podcasting or the things that surprised you? <laughs> Broadband is not as stable as we like to think. I think that's a good point. Yeah. And we had Jason Phipps's broadband go down right in the middle of the interview, which caused a few sweats, let's put it that way. But it was fine. We, we got him back up and live. And obviously, Cara was a hard taskmaster to interview. She wasn't yeah, doing tell, much. Tell us about your experience of, of interviewing. Wow. Well, it started off with me reading what was off her website, which was her chronology of what she was doing. And right at the end of it, she said, I've got it all wrong. And I'm like, OK, that's me on the back foot now. But we recovered, I think, if you look back at the podcast itself or the, the video. And Cara eventually warmed up and she got, you know, into the interview. And right at the end, I think we did a good job. So Cara was an interesting person to interview. I'll certainly say that. There was no doubt that having spent so much time now with Cara, listening to you with her, we're all familiar with her voice on Pivot. It's amazing how often you do hear her voice in other podcasts. She's definitely a a person who's on a rising star. So it was great to have her. For me, a couple of things that I thought was interesting. The first was how important it was to have a production team supporting us mm -hmm. with the live streaming, facilitating that, having done all the checks, making our green screens work, the lighting as best as possible. So I thought that was really important. And to your point, Andrew, about the interactivity, one of the things that I was just floored by was comments at the end were, well, some of the best events happened off the main stage, mm. like the session at the end where even though we'd been on hanging out in our chairs, dancing or not, they, they were saying, well, one of the best moments was hanging out at the end and just shooting the breeze with other podcast enthusiasts. Mm. We had 20 live in the actual cafe lounge, but 83 watching from outside because there's a limit on hopping to 20. Otherwise, I think we would have had 100 people in that room just wanting to chat at the end. And I don't think that necessarily people who are outside are unhappy because it's just interesting to see what other people are saying and just learning. So it's another form of crowdsourced intelligence is sort of the, what the feeling I had. So at the end of, of the day, we, it, was, it was a pretty long day. It was our first one. 
What was your feeling, Andrew, when we said off, finished? I was relieved that we'd done a, a great job. I mean, frankly, bringing together six diverse people from around the world in about four or five weeks that we decided to do this. Sam had a crazy idea not long before we went live with this. Would people come? Would people buy tickets? I think we surprised even ourselves at how popular it was. So much so we're doing another one, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But there is so much interest in podcasting. And the whole topic of what is the future of podcasting, I think there are different people that were interested. There were people there from corporates. What can we do around corporate podcasting? There were people that were podcasters wanting to refine their craft. And podcast enthusiasts, people that like listening to podcasts, listening for recommendations about things to listen to. So I think there are a range of audiences there. But I was probably relieved and also staring into a camera for three and a half hours is unnatural. I, I like being in front of an audience like all of you. I do a lot of public speaking and I really feed off the audience. So for me, um, staring into a piece of glass for a long time felt a bit odd. I think it's one of the new skills that we have to develop, this ability to, mm. to engage and lean into the, the audience and feel them there. Sam, what about you? What was your feeling at the end of the day? Uh, very similar to Andrew's relief, but uh, and pride as well, I think. Pride that we've done such a great job. We worked hard, guys, and I was really pleased to do it with both of you uh, and get to know you both better as well on the journey. Yeah. So for me, it was pride, relief. And again, some of the commentary we had back was so positive. It makes it worthwhile when you do that, when you put yourself out there. Because when we first started this idea, we had no idea how many people would turn up, what speakers to get. We had a couple of hiccups along the way in terms of people questioning our speaker roster. But at the end of the day, I believe the audience got a really good conference. And in this new world that we're all living in, the online world of conferencing, I think it was a professional event. Well done. So... Uh... Before we move on to Voices of the World, with your great background, Sam, what was the one thing that you took away from the content, from what you heard, whether it was obviously a co-enthusiast or some of the speakers? What would you say, Andrew, would be a takeaway? Podcasting is now mainstream. We had Jason Fitz from the BBC. He's the commissioning editor, and so he's a gatekeeper. And I think what we're seeing, and Cara mentioned as well, you've got people that started podcasting as a hobby now earning lots of money from doing this, and you've now got different genres happening. And I think also for me, probably the real intelligence I got from, from Jason especially was there's a difference between radio and podcasting. And in podcasting, they can be a little bit more risque. They can go on a different story arc rather than a linear type radio or even a catch up. So I think even organizations like the BBC that are having to lean in to podcasting because it's, it's a thing and got all this content, they're seeing now how their traditional output has to be adapted. But also, I think there are people that would never have made it to radio had podcasting not been a thing. So for me, as a podcaster, trying to refine my craft, it has become mainstream and it is an accepted form of, uh, of broadcasting. How about you, Sam? What was your one takeaway? From well, the festival? I, I am a radio broadcaster as well. So I live in both worlds of radio and podcasting. And I fully concur with what Andrew just said. They are very two different mediums. But my one takeaway is that we're at the beginning of podcasting. Again, um, the technology that we're using right now is 10, 12 years old. It's RSS. It's still things like dynamic ad insertions. Spotify is adding new features, gated walls are occurring between amazon apple and spotify so we are at the beginning of another dawn of podcasting i think we're going to see a lot of change and that's what came across from speaking to seasoned podcasters is that this will evolve i reckon if we sit back in five years time and talk about 
what is podcasting in five years to be very different to what we see today? For myself, there are a couple of things. One was uh, this wonderful statement that Siobhan made, Siobhan McHugh, and she said, listen through your ears. And it got me really thinking, I, I, when you're walking outside, we're oftentimes really taken by the visual experience, but what she was saying is she walks with her ears. She's able to listen. And it kind of makes me think about meditation and this notion of being more present. And I think that's something that I took away from it. The second thing was this notion of small improvements. I've been podcasting now, as you guys know, for 10 years. And the very first one was was embarrassing, but it's still up there. And it did make me consider how I've been improving as we go along. And yet along the journey and with you guys, Andrew and Sam, how much I feel like I'm pushing myself to improve more. So to your point, Sam, maybe there's an opportunity for us to continue to improve. If we want to stand out in the future, we are going to have to up our game and be more professional and keep looking at how we can improve this lighting, this a microphone, and so on, our you know, editing. And, and then, of course, how do we make money? Yes. So moving on to the, the new event, July 15, we've uh, launched ourselves on Voices of the World. What was the inspiration for the theme, Sam? How did we, how did we come up with that theme song? Well, I, I think it was Yumin actually who inspired me because it was a conversation about how China is so advanced in podcasting. And it was totally a, a part of the world that I wasn't aware of. You know, I didn't even think about it. It wasn't that I didn't know about it. I didn't even think about it. And then just a little bit of research into South Korea as the, the number one country for podcasting. Ireland is the number three. Canada has more listens of podcasting in America. Suddenly, I, the world began to appear to me as, wow, I don't know anything about what's going around the world. And I'm involved in podcasting like both of you at the forefront of it. And I'm really not aware of what's going on. China was $7 billion in revenue from podcasting. And so that's what I was inspired by from what you'd said about China. And it then seemed logical to me that we go and actually get speakers from around the world who are practitioners in these countries that we are not aware of, really, and say, please tell us and teach us about what's going on in your part of the world. One of the big challenges of doing this, of course, is that we we want the world, but we also need to be Anglophone because our event has to be English and it does structure things. One of the interesting guests that we're going to be having on our show is Lori Martinez. And what's interesting about what she does at Ochenta Studios is that she goes out and finds podcasts in other languages that she can then bring back into English so that it'll help broaden out the idea. So I have to ask, of course, how on earth did uh, you get George the Poet, Sam? Well, it's persistence, I think, Minter. He is such a fascinating speaker. If anyone's heard his podcast, have you heard George podcast? Uh, it's an award-winning podcast. He's a, a rapper, a poet, a musician, a, a social commentator as well. And so it seemed that he was a perfect keynote speaker for us. And he's recently won a Peabody. He won the Br- British Podcast Award last year. So we just got to go and get him, I think. That, that was what I wanted to do. And so like we always do, guys, we went after our speakers and we get them. You made it happen. Andrew, I, I must say, just in, in preface, that amongst the other wonderful surprises that I concur with is this notion of having at a festival about podcasting a drummer. And chair dancing is a thing. 
So how did you get in touch with Tom, Andrew, and, and how did you persuade him to come into this? So Tom's an interesting character. As I said, he was in the band Scritti Politi. So he's a percussionist. He's a, he's a true rock and roll artist. And he and I share a similar speaker bureau. And so I met him at one of the speaker events. And he's very different to me because he lives through percussion, but he also can bring a corporate message. And so I thought, do we get a comedian to open the festival? I went out on limb and, and to be honest, I, I don't think you will mind sharing that in the chat window, as Tom started with his wooden spoons, I think both of you thought, Andrew, what have you done <laughs> with wooden spoons on our festival? And I thought, oh no, what have I done? I, I know Tom is brilliant. He's just warming up. Just let it. And then as it evolved, you could see the chat window. I had one eye on the chat window and it exploded that all these people saying, this is amazing. This is fantastic. And so when we're looking at doing another one, we just said, let's just get Tom again. Now, he won't be doing the same act, and I actually had a chance to meet with him last week. We sat down and, and had a, a drink uh, by Battersea Park Lake and talked about podcasting and, and chewed the fat about all sorts of things. And I explained that this is the voice of the world. He said, fantastic. Let me know what countries you're representing, where the podcast has come from, and I can introduce the different... Uh, sounds of those parts of the world through drumming. And I think you're going to have a very, very interesting experience. But just as Ted has speakers and they have musical acts, I think it's only right at a festival that we involve music. And what better way to kick off than an energising, uh, percussive way to start a festival? I mean, at the end of the day, music is audio. I mean, yeah. at its root. So we could call it drums of the world yes. to start us off with. So in terms of other speakers, you mentioned Sam China before. I'm very happy to have Ning Yan, who's going to be joining us. So Ning is a producer herself and a, and a project manager at China Radio in Beijing. And she's the co-host of a, a rather remarkable podcast in English called A Thousand Whys. It's a very Chinese type of podcast. And one of the things that is important for me as we look at this is to dig in on how podcasting is evolving in the different countries. It's not just like one for all. We tend to say, well, the one I know is the best almost, and that's the one we're going to roll out in true colonial style. But it turns out that like social media or shadi.com in, in India, which has been in the news recently, there's the way countries adapt culturally the social media to them. is It's remarkable. And I really like looking at that. And I'm really very curious to see how podcasting is different. And hopefully one time we'll have someone from Korea to tell us why it's different. But for sure with Ning Yan, what we're going to hear about is how they have 700 million podcasts mm. compared to our little trite 1 million. <laughs> of course, it's very different. I do that to provoke, but it, it really is a different market. And the ability to monetize at 7 billion, as you were saying, Sam, surely we'd like a little bit of that, wouldn't we? Oh, absolutely. I think when you look at companies like Himalaya and you start to look outside of the standard podcasting hosts that we use here in the West, you begin to see their different attitude to how they treat podcasting. I think the number one downloaded podcast on Himalaya had 1.29, wait for it, billion, billion downloads. I mean, wow. that is just mental. It's another scale. Yes. I mean, of course, presumably there may be people downloading twice or thrice. I don't know how they do that. Another uh, guest who we're going to be having is Amit Varma. So Amit's uh, a very recognized journalist in India out of Mumbai. He has his own podcast called The Seen and the Unseen. And so very much bringing parts of India that you don't know about into the English language and as an enormous diaspora. 
Again, a wonderful thing about podcasting for now, uh, although walled gardens, I would say, seem to be cropping up, is that you can podcast from your home in Brisbane and the world listens to you. Yeah. As opposed to nowadays where you watch television and, or you even sometimes you go on a website, well, that you can't have access to that or Netflix or even some GDPR non-compliant sites, you can't see them in, in Europe. You get the feeling that so many of these things will, will end up being crunched down. And yet a little bit like I would say Ning Yan, who's doing English podcasts in China. We have Amit who's doing his The Scene, The Unseen for the Indian diaspora around the world. And yet you don't need to be Indian to really appreciate what's happening. And then you've got Laurie, who's also doing the same thing of bringing the different languages into English. So there is this kind of weird feeling of meshing of the world. It's rather exciting. What are the I things? We'll see, I think we'll see a variance between the different countries, and some are more advanced than we are. And I hope that people that come and attend the festival and buy tickets will actually see and pick up some ideas about how they can either expand their listening horizons if they're a podcast uh, aficionado, or if they're a podcaster, how you can lift your game with some of the tips and tricks that you are seeing from our guests from around the world. So I think it'll be incredibly exciting, literally going outside our own bubble to say what else is out there. I'm incredibly excited. And Andrew, one of the other things that we did in changing and learning from the first Futures of the Future of Podcasting, we've changed a little bit the format. So would you like to take us through the, the things that we've tried to do to improve on our first effort? Well, the thing that we heard a lot was that people wanted a bit more time to network and be in these breakout rooms or the lounge. And so what we had done to help the technical crew was that after every guest, we'd have a two-minute break. That would allow the tech team to bring in the next guest, line things up, and then go back live. But what we found, as you'd probably find at a normal event, is people went off to look at an expo or go and grab a coffee or talk to someone. And so we're looking and experimenting how we can actually give people more time to immerse themselves in the total festival and not have to race back to, to miss something as well. So I think that's a key learning that we had. We can, of course, do that virtually. I suppose it's important then to herd people back to say, by the way, I know you're having a great conversation, but we're going to start the main stage again. But I think that was one of the key learnings, and we're trying to make this a, a more immersive event. I think one thing we said before is we're all learning about these virtual events, but I think we'll see more hybrid events where you've actually got people that are there in person doing the networking, sitting in a seat, and you'll have the virtual as well. So how can we accommodate both types of audiences and keep them engaged? Sam, anything on your side? Well, I think one of the other things is that we will have sponsors that are going to be teaching and, and, and helping people understand. So one of our goal sponsors at this event is Descript. Very excited to have them. Andrew Mason, who is the CEO of Groupon, is now the CEO of Descript. And if you haven't used Descript, they've kindly given us access to all those attending to two free months. So if you sign up, buy a ticket, uh, you will get two months free Descript, which I think is a wonderful value exchange. That's nifty. And as a recording of this event right now, as we speak, we can also confirm that we have Evergreen Podcasts as a bronze sponsor. So we're very excited to have them along there a growing, a small but growing platform in the United States. And we're going to learn a lot more about them run by Mike Dialio. It's almost like Dial. So I feel kindred spirit out of Ohio <laughs> with Mike. So it's great to have Evergreen. And then we also have other partnerships with Matchmaker who helps connect podcasters with podcast guests as well as Buzzsprout. Andrew and I are both on Buzzsprout. We, we host our, our, our event there. So we have a, a wonderful sprawl. 
what are the things that you might, Andrew, when we look at the event coming up, Voices of the World, what are you nervous about or what are you looking forward to learn anything more about? Well, I'm always nervous about the technology because you've got to bring again six people live in real time. I literally had a producer in my ear. And so you're thinking about the question you want to ask your guest. Then a great question comes up from the audience and how do we throw to that? So that's always a challenge. And that's what I love about doing live performances as well. So let's hope the technology holds up. But also I hope people will come. Uh, We set a very high bar for ourselves in the first event. And we had, I think, 300 people or plus that had signed up and come along. So my my worry is, will they come back? But I think great events began other great events. And with George, the poet, as one of our headlines and the other speakers we've got, I think we'll have an even more popular event. So I'm nervous that people will come, but I think they will. Let's roll the drums. Sam, what about you? What are you looking forward to? What excites you about this event? I'm excited to hear from all the speakers. I think George the Poet is someone I'm really looking forward to as well. If you just Google him and just watch and listen to some of his podcasts, he's amazing. So I want to find out, you know, what inspires him, what made him start podcasting, where does he see it going next? He's just finished episode two on BBC Sounds. When does episode three start? Or... God forbid, is he going to leave the BBC and join one of the others? Is he going to be the rock star of Amazon's launch or Apple's launch? So lots to learn from other people, certainly around the world, and lots to ask George about as well. Well, so just a quick story. I was in the streets yesterday in London walking by, and um, I got stopped by several strangers. And the first two were on a bicycle and they, they, they circled back to me because they wanted to know about what my T-shirt was. I was wearing a South by Southwest T-shirt. Mm. Said, Where is South by Southwest? Is it an island? I know it's an island unto itself within Texas, perhaps, but it's an event. And I explained that uh, in Austin, Texas. And, and then I said, oh, whoa, 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 whoa. Said, nah, I got you. I have a question for you. Have you ever heard of George the Poet? George the Poet? Of course I have. Why? He says, well, we, we've just signed him for our event. No shit. What's your name? I need to know. So he obviously garners, he's got a lot of fans out there. So it's going to be very exciting to hear him. But I also think that we're going to get a a really interesting grip on how the world of podcasting is evolving. So Andrew, tell people who are listening, how can they get tickets? It's really simple. Podcastfestival.live. Podcastfestival.live. We have a range of tickets. If you're watching this fairly late in June, then you can get some early bird tickets. If you're watching this a bit later, the price might go up. So pause the video, go to podcastfestival.live and secure your ticket today. Tickets range up to 25. And Sam, tell us when it starts. And so you're going to have to translate that for the world, of course. Okay, so the date of the event is the 15th of July. It's going to start at 2.30 British summertime. And we hope that you will join us for the beginning with Tom Morley bringing the drums. It's a great event. If you're around the world, of course, there's 3 p.m. in India. It's 7.30 in the morning in Eastern time. And so get up early if you're in America and uh, it's a lovely afternoon if you're in India and China. Indeed, it will be a great day. Thanks very much, Sam and Andrew. Uh, Great to have you as partners of crime in this uh, event and look forward to everyone else uh, coming in to see us uh, at the podcast festival, Voices of the World, July 15th. In the show notes, you'll find all the necessary links. It's goodbye from Minter. It's goodbye from me. It's goodbye from Andrew and buy your tickets now. Thanks for having listened to this recording of the Minter Dialogue Show. 
You'll find the show notes and other blog posts on mintodial.com. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to iTunes to give a rating and review. And to finish, here's a song I wrote with Stephanie Singer, A Convinced Man.
Hey friends, this is Jim Knight, former 21-year Hard Rock executive turned best-selling author and top 10 keynote speaker. And I'm Brant Menzwar, former frontman of Hollywood's most dangerous band turned top 10 motivational speaker and best-selling author. We host the how-to podcast, Thoughts That Rock, where we talk to rock stars, athletes, CEOs, astronauts, and even next door neighbors who share their expertise and opinions. Together, we tackle the most interesting and challenging topics of today. Whether you want to learn how to become more confident, how to deal with anxiety at work, or how to write a hit song, or use Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu in life, we've got hundreds of episodes to help amp up your life and move you forward. Subscribe to Thoughts That Rock wherever you listen to podcasts and check out evergreenpodcast.com for more information.